the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. You know I'm a bad girl. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, Hour 2. It's Tuesday, and I always look forward to this segment because even though it's news you can use, we always have a lot of fun. We have a lot of laughs. Of course, you know I'm talking about Gary Quackenbush because he's always got his quack in the whack, the wacky news to share with us, and it always just completely cracks me up. And every once in a while, Gary's surprised because I actually will support the whack. And will actually agree with the wacky law. Say uh, what? Because <laughs> I'm surprising. <laughs> I'm just that wacky. Hello, my dear. Hello. How are you, Andrea? I'm excellent. Thanks for having you, me on. Yes. Did you have a good week since I chatted with you last? Oh my gosh! I saw ten of my twelve grandchildren this weekend. <gasps> First of all, you yeah. have twelve grandchildren. Uh huh. Yeah. No wonder you're in shape. Yeah. No wonder you're in That's shape. Right. How, what, what are the ages? Um, the youngest two are, so there's two that are three, then there's three that are five, then there's three girls that are eight, and then there's uh, 10, 12, 14, and 16. Oh, my so gosh. 16 to three. All the different yeah. phases, <laughs> all great ages. Oh, it's so awesome. And just to see their parents kind of tough it out and deal with things. It's really, it's neat. It's a lot of fun. Kind of like, oh, I've seen that happen before. I've seen that. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. So we had a great weekend. We yeah. had to visit a couple of the families up in Lehigh, Utah and Provo, Utah. And then my daughter has moved to, to Escondido. So I get to see them quite often now. Well, that it was, it was a fantastic weekend. Well, wonderful. Around people. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So um, do you have some wacky for us tonight? Um, see, I'm like a junkie. I'm like, I need the whack. I need the whack. Well, see... This one, okay, if you, I'm not going to set you up on this one, because I'm just thinking, because you, you always think you agree with these laws, so this might be one. <laughs> okay, so in, in California now, it's a recently passed law with Governor Newscom, you know, just like crazy stuff. Um, there's a new law in California, it's a pilot program that allows people to collect and eat roadkill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so, the thing is funny, it's like, it's, it's, Deer, elk, pronghorn, antelope, or wild pig. If they're killed by a vehicle, you can eat it, but, but you have to secure a permit before digging in. And then also, it, you're, you're required to register. <laughs> it's so dumb. Anyway, so apparently people that, you know, somebody that really wants to eat roadkill, they have they have a their own little website so they can register online. Like, oh, quick, quick, quick. 
We just hit something. Quick, honey, register so we can go eat it. <laughs> so it's kind of like the food trucks that will put out like uh, an alert, like where, where they're going to be so you can come get the food truck. There's like people out there that will put out an alert. <laughs> Roadkill right. right. spotted on the 56 westbound. That's right. Red light special. There's blood everywhere. Come and get it. Roadkill food trucks? What? <laughs> You better hurry and bring your little and bring your little portable, you know, grill so you can eat it off the side of the road before somebody comes in and snatches it. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Got to get it fresh. The thing is, I just how how do how do we how do laws like this come out about? It's just incredible. It's really crazy. What's the weirdest Uh, thing anybody tried to put in a trust? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Weirdest thing. Yeah. In a truck, probably, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a lot of weird stuff. I mean, just, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting things. Like, how do you put in, uh, how do you do royalties? How do you pass them on? And that's probably the, the weird, I mean, it's not like bizarre weird, but it's like, yeah, royalties. Like, how do you pass on royalties that literally go on into perpetuity? How do you pass them on to your family members, which is really a funny one. I would think um, that there'd be people that would be like, I got to put this this heirloom in the trust because this this little porcelain thingy over here is worth so much money. I got to make sure it doesn't get, you know, s- sold off, you know, by, by by somebody. And meanwhile, it's like some junket that somebody picked up at a Stuckey's on the side of the road right. in Tennessee, you know. <laughs> well, people will do that with their with their jewelry like this came from my. My great, great, great grandma, and it's this whole big bucket of jewelry that's probably worth a lot of money. I've seen some, like, they keep it in the safe deposit box, and you're not allowed to do anything but put it in the safe deposit box. So it goes from, you know, from, you know, woman to woman to woman to woman, is you know, for 15 generations, and it's all this jewelry, and they add to it, and but you can't wear it. You have to just store it. Just really kind of things like that that were kind of odd to me. Like, well, why why should you just keep doing that? What if somebody sells it off? Well, then the ancestors will come back and attack her. <laughs> What's the, the point? Things that people do trust, they make trust for is like their animals. Like they want a trust for their dog because they want their dog to have a certain standard of living and make sure there's a certain bed for them and that they eat a certain food. And so they put money aside that's properly invested to, you know, keep this dog going for the next, you know, 10 or 15 years with you know a hundred thousand dollars in in a trust account like specifically drafted for the animal which that's another california law that's really weird well you, you know, know let's trust her an animal well i i you know i i love my boo my little gator but I, you know i just went to sister and said look can you make sure something happens to me she you know i can trust my sister she's going to take care of gator she's always wanting yeah. to steal him anyway um okay now we got to <laughs> get serious in our news you can use um what do you what sure. do you want to what's on your your mind tonight that you feel like we got to share with the peeps yeah well part of this is it kind of goes along with this you know kind of in my opinion, kind of like dumb legislative tools where somebody says, hey, I've got a really good idea. Let's do this. Okay, so there's this thing that passed in California probably about five years ago called a life estate deed where they advertised it a bunch and they said, yeah, it's this new thing in California where you create a deed. So it's like mom and dad own this house and then you create that you transfer it to a life estate deed. So it's basically, you know, Gary and Cheryl's house for life and then when Gary and Cheryl are both dead, then it's going to go to Gary and Cheryl's four children named on the, on the life deed. And it sounds like, and it came out, in fact, my, my friend, uh, consumer Bob, Bob Hansen with um, NBC 739, he gave me the article and he said, this is getting a lot of attention. What do you think? 
And so he had me talk about it um, on, you know, on his news show. And it's like, this is stupid. He says, why is it stupid? It sounds great. You can, I said, because it doesn't account for the 70, 70% chance of incapacity. Mm. You know, when you try to avoid a trust, when you try to avoid that, you're just ignoring the fact that there's a big chance that you won't die. You'll become incapacitated. Yeah. And so like, so the example that we have, this is an actual case that we had. Mom and dad did a life deed. Okay, dad died. Now mom owns it, right? And then it says on there, when mom dies, it automatically goes to the kids. You think, okay, that's a great idea. You're rolling the dice that mom's going to die. Well, she didn't. She became incapacitated. All of her money was gone on taking care of her. She didn't have that much money. She just had this house. And now what do you do? Mom's incapacitated. She owns a house. It's in a life deed. There's no, no other documents. So the kids had to go and get a conservatorship over the mom to be able to try to finance the house. And the lender goes, oh, heck no, it's a life deed. Mm-hmm. It automatically transfers from mom to kid. We can't put a lien on a life deed because our lien will go away. Your mom's, when your mom dies, we have no lien on the property and we won't get paid. So no, you can't borrow any money. So then the kids have to sell her home oh, and pay all the capital gains taxes and stuff to be able to take care of mom. So I just thought, what a dumb idea. And legislation, they put it together thinking, oh, this is the greatest, greatest thing since sliced bread. Aren't we neat? We're such big heroes. We're avoiding trust. Don't try to avoid trust because literally that's a real example, really happened, and it was a disaster. It was a total disaster. So there, there are no shortcuts to doing it right. There just aren't. It's got to be done right. Living trust, um, you know, that's my thing because they really work and we care about people. Why are people trying to take shorts? I mean, shortcuts never work out in life. I mean, just do the right thing. It's, it's you yeah. know, I, I just don't even understand. Although, uh, you know, I guess in the case of that idea, there's always people, too, that are trying to recreate the wheel or come up with something clever, and then they can sell it and, you know, get people on board yeah. with it. Um, but, you know, new and, you know, doesn't, you know, sometimes there's things that just are, you know, I, I'm not thinking about the. I can't think of the right words. Um, sometimes things are tried and true, right? And yeah, there's right. nothing. There's nothing better than than the 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 trust. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. Exactly. And, and here's the thing. Okay, if somebody decided that that's really really what they wanted to do, it has to be part of a complete estate plan. If you're going to do this life estate deed then you've got to have a financial power of attorney with somebody that you can trust that they're not going to just steal your money, which is a question, right? And you have to have, you know, the, the healthcare power of attorney that's got to be done right. You got to have your disability insurance set up. There's a lot of things that you're trying to, you know, the shortcuts, when people do shortcuts, they think that is the only thing they have to do. If you're going to do a shortcut, there's still three other things you have to do. You know, maybe this shortcut would be good in transferring the home. But if you if you're thinking, okay, if we transfer the home directly to the kids, that's good. It avoids, you know, probate and all that and having a trust. However, did we take are we taken care of in, you know, our incapacity? Yes, I've got a million dollars put away in an investment account. And it's got, you know, we have that our kids have power of attorney to be able to manage that account. So there's ways to do it. But when people I find, Andrea, when people shortcut they think that little shortcut is all they need to do, and that's mm-hmm. where they kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, don't take any shorts. 
And, you know, if you're going to bother to deal with and which everybody should, if you're going to you're going to go to the trouble of not trouble, I don't want to use that word. But if you're going to if you want to do the right thing for your family and deal with your property and protect your assets and and and, you know, then then do it the right way. And that means that means going to somebody like yourself. We've already talked about these um, websites that supposedly make it easy. And, and and they're actually not easy. They're not any easier than meeting with an attorney. I don't know why anybody would think they would be. You got that, you know, you've got to fill out all these forms and do all this stuff and spend money and then it's not even done right. Yeah. And and if it's done, I mean, if I do it and I do it wrong, I have to pay a lot of money every year for insurance. Yeah. You know, I have insurance, so if it doesn't get done right, I have insurance that'll cover it. If you do it wrong on your own, you know, you mess it up for your kids. There's, there's no way to, there's no way to recover. It's just, it's lost money. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just lost assets. I don't know. There's just no shortcut. There really isn't. And that, that's because we like helping people. We want to keep the family together. And what, you know, I was saying on my show today, I really hate it when after parents die, the kids are fighting and then Mm -hmm. the relationship they have with their siblings is just destroyed partly because it's such a mess and they fight over it. Yeah, That's and it's so avoidable. Right. And it's so avoidable. I mean, I, yes. that that doesn't mean though that there's not. I mean, I guess there could still be scenarios when a parent has done the right thing and put it in the trust, yep. and even if they've hired a professional trustee to manage it, it doesn't mean that there can't still be hurt feelings or, um, you know, if if they, you know, there there can still be. It's tough enough when you lose a parent. There can still be challenges between the siblings when it's done right. And then when it's done wrong, it just makes everything a thousand times worse. Exactly. You just got to do the best you can. And you know you need to trust. Get one. And get it done in the right way. And that's with Gary Quackenbush. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. 855-500-TRUST. Do you have, a, do you have an address for your roadside roadkill stand? Where, can GQ they find you there? GQLaw.com. Okay. Yeah, GQLaw.com. It's a roadkill. Roadkill stand. GQLaw.com. So get my free book. Okay. Consultation with me for free. Does it have recipes for eating the roadkill? I think that's his up and coming. <laughs> yeah. Some, <laughs> yeah. Some, some of those are provided by Andrea. We got to say Andrea's roadkill recipes there. All right, my dear. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Okay. Try to be good. Have fun. I will. Okay, Thanks, bye. Andrea. That's my favorite uh, wacky law so far. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break. Enough of the laughs. We got to get serious. There's major stuff happening. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. The preceding show was pre-recorded. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. On top of everything, Chick-fil-A has come out with a pride version of their logo now. Oh, my gosh. I'm grateful tonight that I got the real fried chicken with me now. No fake woke fried chicken. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. I got the real deal fried chicken with me tonight, y'all. I told Skins earlier I need my comfort food tonight. I had to reach out on this historic dark day in America to my buddy Brian Maloney of Red Wave America. Hey, my friend. Hey, well, you're improving my mood. It was, uh, I've been in a lousy mood tonight, as have a lot of people. I mean, how can you look at what's going on and not be in a lousy mood? I mean, this is 
pathetic what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually had some people, and I I got an email from a listener, I'll tell you this. I had John O'Connor, after I played Trump's speech tonight from Bedminster, I had John O'Connor on, who was a former federal prosecutor, and he was attorney for Deep Throat during the Watergate days, and he's like, look, I think this there's uh, these obstruction charges are serious, and from what I'm reading, Trump could be guilty. Well, of course, you know, I mean, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I, 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 did, I asked him some questions that I think caught him off guard that they were coming from a non-attorney. And what I would say to people is, um, people also thought that there was something there, there with a the Trump-Russian collusion hoax, and there wasn't, right? I mean, you can indict a ham sandwich, and there's a, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous, well, it really is, Andrea. And I, so I retweeted, and for anybody who doesn't follow me on Twitter, I'm at S Scalping. So S S C A L P I N G S. That's my Twitter handle, S Scalpings. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is because I tweeted or retweeted a little while ago uh, one from Mike Davis, who's a former chief counsel for nomination Senate Judiciary uh, Committee. Article uh, 2 Project, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Article three. Yeah. Okay. So Mike Davis has an excellent tweet explaining exactly why um, this is a a clown show against going on against Trump. Um, But essentially, uh, he lays out why the legal arguments here are ridiculous. And, um, you know, this is clearly political. We're seeing polls today that are showing that, I mean, Many, many, many Americans see through this as a political witch hunt to stop Trump from being able to run again. Yeah. In fact, Um, I think, do we still have the clip from last night, Skins, where there were some people on the street? Maybe we won't play all of it for um, Brian, Spicy Chicken, but maybe we'll play just a little bit because I want I want the I'm glad you brought that up. See, this is why I've got the best friends, people. This is why you listen to the AK show. This is why Brian Amazon because he brought up something really important, and I've been forgetting to play this audio for you guys. Don't be listening to these talking heads. Here's some. Here's what the average American on the street had to say. Doesn't matter to me. Not at all. Outside the state convention, his supporters are unfazed. I think it's a bunch of bull****. Trump ain't done that wrong thing. Trump done is, is saved this country. That's They're right. They're not going to let it stop. Mm-hmm. They can't stand the fact that he's running for president. And I am a Donald Trump fan. It, it's uh, probably altered, um, but it's just typical, typical uh, liberal propaganda. None of the Republican voters CNN spoke with had read the indictment. No, I wouldn't waste my time on a phony indictment. I don't care about the indictment. indictment. You could, hey, you could indict a baloney sandwich. <laughs> These loyalists share a deep sense of distrust against. We get in that there. These my people. These my people down. Down by way of the South now. They can, they done gone and indicted a, a bologna sandwich now, Brian Maloney. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, so CNN was obviously trying to portray any, uh, you know, Trump supporter, some kind of redneck. It's pretty right. typical CNN garbage. So this Mike Davis, you know, he lays out the Presidential Records Act first, the Espionage Act. So he says the Presidential Records Act of 1978 generally controls the handling of the president's records. So records created or received by the president or this White House staff are presidential records. And, and he goes on to explain, um, you know, I won't read the whole thing because it's fairly long, but 
Um, the laws have been changed over time. Nixon had a legal fight on this issue. And then the, uh, there was a, the Clinton sock drawer case in 2012. Clinton stuffed eight years of highly classified audio recordings of his presidency in his sock drawer. Uh, you know, so it's funny how that has been forgotten. So these things are out there. Uh, most presidents have these kinds of things. Uh, Trump has said, you know, they said, well, why didn't you sort through all these boxes? And he's like, I'm a busy guy. And he's saying, Trump is saying a lot of what's in these boxes are his personal effects, mm-hmm. including clothes, uh, personal mementos. That's why there's so many boxes. He says, I'm a busy guy. I don't have time to sort through dozens of boxes to see what's in there. So that, that's the bottom line. But uh, also in what Davis is saying here, there is no criminal component right. to the Presidential Records Act. Disputes are settled with negotiations and civil lawsuits. Okay. And he also says the Espionage Act, uh, essentially, you know, how do you, how do you even go there to the Espionage Act? In what way has Trump committed espionage? Uh, in what way is he aiding a foreign power? You know, what yeah. is he doing with these records that's aiding any, I mean, this is beyond a stretch where you and I, we don't have to be lawyers to be able to argue how ridiculous this is. No. Uh, it, it's a, you know, remember how many Republican senators, how many GOP senators voted to confirm Merrick Garland. I mean, how many of them? Yeah, let's get into the politics here because what's 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 most disturbing to me today is I expect after seven years, I said back in 2017 they were going to indict him over something. They would find the means to do it. Um, So uh, you know what what is is that's not a surprise to me that this happened today. What I'm I'm even more upset about is the Republican Party that has enabled and encouraged this and is perfectly happy tonight that Donald J. Trump is looking. At four hundred years for not having for having done nothing wrong because they want to get rid of him as much as the Democrat Party wants to get rid of him and Ron DeSantis and all the rest of them who kept their mouths shut today are not just silent about the two tier justice system not just silent about the FBI and the DOJ going after Trump they're also silent today I didn't get into it tonight we will delve tomorrow into the the Biden bribery scheme and the audio recordings that exist out there about it and they're they're silent on that as well. And the reason why they're silent on Joe Biden is because they don't want to highlight the two-tier system of justice that we have. So they are at, at, so what they're doing in the Republican Party is is actually providing cover for for what Trump correctly called tonight the most corrupt president in the United States history, Joe Biden. Well, and that's exactly right. I mean, the GOP establishment in Washington would much prefer that Biden stay president because, you know, Republicans like being out of power. They like being able to do the dirty dealing without the responsibilities uh, of actually governing anything. So the last thing they would want is Trump back in there calling attention to their pathetic uh, ineptness and, and corruption and everything else. So I think that is a huge part of what's going on here. But the thing is, let's say a DeSantis becomes president or even a Mike Pence or a uh, What's her name in South Carolina? Nikki Haley, who, by the way, was, you know, screaming about how awful Trump is. I mean, you know, she's not even being neutral in this. She's pro, uh, pro Garland and the Democrats in this one. But, you know, let's say one of them becomes president. They're going to do this to them, too. I mean, the moment they step out of line on anything, uh, the same thing will happen to them. This will not stop with Trump. Any idea that, oh, this is just about Trump personally. No, we've become a banana republic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you go down this road, you never really get off of it. No. And I think that's why, 
you know, to, to make this entire you know, in four years or whatever, when we find out, oh, now they're doing this, all the other Republicans or, or even Democrats just step out of line, maybe, or independents or anybody, anybody. Well, we already know they're going after the average American people. That was what Jan 6 was about. Yeah, yeah. We had a, we have an FBI whistleblower from the state of Florida who gave up his dream career to blow the whistle on how Florida residents were being treated by the FBI and being dragged incorrectly and illegally as a part of the Jan 6 gulag, you know, uh, roundup. And Ron DeSantis has done nothing about it, said nothing about it. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, I think that Ron DeSantis thinks that he will be rewarded for all of this with the GOP nomination. And I think what oh, absolutely, he's thinking he's going to skate right into it. He's thinking he's, he's going to skate. Yeah. Well, he thinks that he is, but wh- I, you know, I can't wait to see the look on his face when the GOP tries to force Mike Pence upon us as the GOP nominee. And if you think that's crazy, I mean, look how the Democrats rigged everything for Joe Biden, who almost was out of the race at the Iowa caucuses uh, because he had absolutely no support. Remember that. And the next thing you know, he's the nominee. I mean, you know, I think you're on to something. Happened. Excuse me for yeah. interrupting. We kind of talked about this a little bit the other day, didn't we, Skins? We're talking yeah, to Brian we did, Maloney yeah. of Red Wave America. We talked about uh, Mike Pence. Um, be there, You know, there's a reason why Mike Pence is getting the CNN town hall, even though he's got only one percent and this and this because uh the, the the uniparty wants us to think that we actually have elections in this country not that they're behind the scenes trying to decide who who gets to win and who doesn't at all levels of our government and they would i think that dem- it would solve a lot of problems for the democrats as well as the republicans if they could shove mike pence on us well it would because they don't want kamala harris okay right. they don't want another four years of Biden and Mike Pence will do whatever Democrats demand. I mean, he will never veer away from what the left wants. So that's the dirty deal that he cut with them, I think, years ago. Yes. Uh, and that deal remains in effect. So Mike Pence would be an acceptable Republican uh, who is no threat to the left, no threat to Democrats, who will give them whatever they want. Oh, uh, and then and then and then the Democrats let him win. And then they go, see, America, what were you talking about back in 2020 about any electioneering? Exactly, exactly. But then what you have is a basically a puppet president who is there only because the other side allowed it to happen. Right. And that's that's what I think happens. And then if he were to ever out of line one iota along the way, they'll do to him what they've done to Trump. So I want to ask you a question. Risk of that? There's no risk because I think Pence will do whatever they want. Well, yeah, because what he, what Pence is is George W. Bush. Remember, I mean, Mr. He, Compassionate he's, he's worse. Conservative. He's worse. He, well, you yeah. know, I don't know because you know, Mr. Compassionate Conservative George W. Bush. We actually would have been better off. And I've said this for 10, 15 years. We would have been better off if Al Gore had won than George W. Bush. And oh, yeah. I, and I, I think, at, I think at least we know who Pence is. George W. Bush ran like a hardcore conservative and governed like a far left liberal. Um, well, yeah, yeah. If what you're saying is if Core had won and then we could have elected a real conservative yes. four years later. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. Bush undermined us so badly. We've never really recovered uh, from that. No. We really never have. No, we haven't. I've got, I, I gotta take a break. Can you stick around for one more quick? Yeah, yeah, sure. Here's the question for you. Uh, 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 I've got two, I've got chicken and I've got taters, um, tonight. I've, I've actually got quite the combo meal with me tonight. Here's my question for you, Maloney, as well as the listeners. And I talked to Skins a little bit about this during the break. If John O'Connor is right, 
and former federal prosecutor was on last hour and he said, look, they're they're. Trump could be in trouble with one of the obstruction charges based upon if what he read in the indictment is true. Does Donald Trump take up Rachel Maddow's idea and offer to walk away to avoid jail time? Or do you think Donald J. Trump will say, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to go into a court and I'm going to take a chance? Think about think about that answer and then we'll be back. 888-344-1170. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Ask Brian Maloney to stay over. I was thinking um, after my interview with John O'Connor, as well as many others are saying, that when it comes to the obstruction, Alan Dershowitz or others, that that's where it might get really sticky for Donald Trump. So I started wondering, well, if you're Trump, what do you do? Do you say, you know what? That's it. I'll offer to back out if they drop the charges. Uh, Skins, you said no way would Trump do that. I think from what I have seen, especially tonight, it kind of it reaffirmed that Trump is I mean, he's been persecuted every day and he's going all the way when he says he's going to continue to stand in the way for the American people and that he is going to take this country back. I firmly believe him. I haven't seen this Trump in several years and I don't see him backing down for anything. Uh, what do you think, Brian Maloney? Oh, I think Skins is right on the money about this. And I think you're absolutely right in saying that it's making Trump stronger. Uh, they're turning him into more of a hero every day. He's becoming a heroic figure in, in American life. Every time they go after him, people say, wow, they sure want him out badly. And sometimes that sentiment is coming from people who aren't even necessarily on the right, but say, man, I mean, they just don't let up on this guy. Now, what I'm hearing is that uh, one Trump legal strategy, at least in this one, is to run out the clock. And that being that Mm -hmm. uh, by the time this thing is, I mean, this case is going to take a long time to proceed. Um, By the time they really get anywhere with this case, uh, you know, the presidential race could have come and gone so i mean at that point do you keep prosecuting him if he's elected again as president of the united states well the, the government has said that they want a speedy trial of course uh they're gonna they they want to get this thing begun like they're ready to do jury selection manana right um so no i mean he needs to have a really good legal team it's tough because it's tough for him to find attorneys particularly when you've got attorneys his own attorneys they did this crime fraud exemption thing to pierce attorney client protections and so if you're you know how many attorneys are going to want to take take this case right so well you you'll end up disbarred i mean the Bar Association will come after you simply for being Trump's attorney. So that makes it much more difficult. I mean, there aren't many, you know, Harmeet Dillon kind of people out there in the legal field, because once you align yourself with anything other than the far left, they want to remove you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and disbar you essentially. But the other consideration here is now you're going to have three or four other jurisdictions out there trying to prosecute Trump mm-hmm. on their own ridiculous made up charges. So, I mean, but the more this goes on, the more ridiculous it becomes. And I don't think any of it will keep him off the ballot. The more they push this, the more likely he wins. And by the way, the, the real clear politics poll average, you know, of all the various polls right now shows Trump ahead of Biden right now. Uh, the, you know, averaging all the most recent polls. Most of those are from very liberal pollsters. Uh, in fact, some of the ones where Trump is the most ahead are coming from liberal pollsters, which is interesting because I think, you know, it's the left trying to warn their own side. Hey, don't act 
uh, don't underestimate Trump's popularity. But I love how focused Trump has sounded lately. It's mm-hmm. like the old Trump is back. And I think that's what you were saying there a few yeah. minutes ago, is that the old Trump is back, the fighting Trump is back. And we have lost that guy for yeah. a while. You and I, like, we were complaining on this show a lot mm-hmm. like, a couple years ago about Trump. You know, where's Trump the fighter? I even wrote an op-ed about that yeah. that was published in American Greatness. What happened to Trump the fighter? Uh, he seemed to be gone. So this is bringing out the best qualities in Trump. Everything that we liked about him in 2016 is coming back in a big way. So I think the more the left pushes this, the more it backfires, unless they can physically put him in jail. But I don't even know if that would stop him from mm-hmm. appearing on the presidential ballot and winning. What do you think about, um, or what do you say to those that say, okay, well, yeah, he can win the primary, but he can't win the general? No, I think he can absolutely win the general because conditions across America are absolutely miserable. You have an extremely unpopular incumbent president and a lot of fear about what happens when Biden inevitably doesn't make it through a second term. I can't believe he's made it this far in the first term. He doesn't know his name or who he is most of the time. And there's so much fear about what happens when, you know, an absolute raving lunatic, and that's mm-hmm. Kamala Harris, uh, takes over. So I think absolutely, you know, so let's say you don't like Trump that much personally, which you know is the case for a decent segment of American society. He then becomes the devil you know. You know, yeah. he's a, Trump's a known quant. So you vote for him. You don't like him. You know, there are things about him that rub you the wrong way, or you didn't like this, or you didn't like that. But you vote for him anyway because you know you're having trouble putting food on the table. You can't afford your rent, or your you know you can't afford to buy a home. I mean, all the list of, of things where Americans are being excluded from what used to be known as middle class life, where these these dreams are now unattainable for, for most people. Right. I mean, so you've got Paul Ryan. Yeah. yeah. In fact, Paul Ryan has started to do the media rounds and was out there saying today, no, we don't need to. Republicans need to back off this court culture nonsense and just focus on taxes and money issues. Well, then it would then it should automatically be Trump who led the greatest economic revival in the history of this country. It was Donald Trump. So even by the Republican establishment's own metric. It should be Donald J. Trump, right? And it you're right. It really was a very nice, I mean, it was an incredible period of time to be in America until COVID hit, which, you know, was conveniently timed to mm-hmm. hit during a presidential election year. And that was not a coincidence. And I no. know that you and I and many other people have criticisms of how Trump handled COVID in some ways, which, you know, is a separate subject. But let's put it to you this way from January 2017 on through March. 2020, that was one heck of a fabulous uh, presidential term, unlike anything I've ever really known in my life, except maybe Reagan, but I think it was better than Reagan. Uh, and, and I mean, I don't, have we ever had a period of stability no. like that no. since Reagan? As well as when, not being taken into any foreign wars. Got to leave it right. there, my man, Brian Maloney. Follow him on Twitter at S. Stop. Tell it. What's your Twitter again? Uh, S. Scalpings. S. Scalpings. Follow him on Twitter at S. Scalpings. Thank you for being here, my friend. You bet. Thank you. All right. Now, when we come back, we're going to play the beginning of Trump's speech tonight that you didn't get to hear. And let me tell you, you're going to want to listen to this. Talk about a mic drop moment. It was scorched earth. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a great honor to have you here. And today we witnessed the very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top 
political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. This day will go down in infamy and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps even more importantly, the president who together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits and Marxists tried to destroy American democracy. But they will fail and we will win bigger and better than ever before. Charging a former president of the United States under the Espionage Act of 1917 wasn't meant for this. An act for a crime so heinous that only the death penalty would do and threatening me with 400 years in prison for possessing my own presidential papers, which just about every other president has done is one of the most outrageous and vicious legal theories ever put forward in an American court of law. The Espionage Act has been used to go after traitors and spies. It has nothing to do with a former president legally keeping his own documents. As president, the law that applies to this case is not the Espionage Act, but very simply the Presidential Records Act which is not even mentioned in this ridiculous 44-page indictment. Under the Presidential Records Act, which is civil, not criminal, I had every right to have these documents. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case ever on this subject, known as the Clinton Sox case. You know what that means? After leaving the White House, Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes in his sock drawer. They included discussions of U.S. military involvement in Haiti, discussions of U.S. foreign policy, both defense and offense, against Cuba, recordings of President Clinton's conversations with all of the many foreign leaders at the time. Think of that. Sensitive facts about trade negotiations taken from presidential briefings. Discussions with the Secretary of State about conflict in Bosnia and much, much more. Very big stuff. Not only was Bill Clinton never even considered for criminal prosecution based on the tapes he took, but when he was sued for them, he won the case. Judge Amy Berman Jackson's decision states under the statutory scheme established by the Presidential Records Act. The decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the president during the president's term and in the president's sole discretion. You're surprised to hear that, aren't you? Any normal administration, even an opposing one, would consider that to be the end, but not the corrupt Biden administration. The Sox decision, as it's known, 
also states, quote, the National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA, does not have the authority to designate material as presidential records. I don't have the authority. NARA does not have the tapes in question, and NARA lacks any right, duty, or means to seize control of them. This is law. The president enjoys unconstrained authority to make decisions regarding the disposal of documents. That's unconstrained to make that decision. Neither the archivist nor Congress has the authority to veto the president's decision. The Presidential Records Act does not confer any mandatory or even discretionary authority on the archivist to classify records. Under the statute, this responsibility is left solely to the President of the United States. Think of that. That's the decision. Think of that. Now, just think of that. In other words, whatever documents a President decides to take with him, he has the right to do so. It's an absolute right. This is the law. And that is something that people have now seen, and it couldn't be more clear. They ought to drop this case immediately because they're destroying the country. And this is why no other president, even those who kept far more documents than I, has ever been even investigated, let alone charged with a crime. Because the sham indictment put forward by the Biden administration included staged photographs of boxes at Mar-a-Lago, many people have asked me why I had these boxes. Why did you want them? The answer, in addition to having every right under the Presidential Records Act, is that these boxes were containing all types of personal belongings, many, many things, shirts and shoes and everything. As can be seen in the picture where someone, not me, I wonder who it might have been, dumped one of the very neatly arranged boxes all over the place. So now you've heard pretty much the entire speech from President Trump tonight. I felt like the beginning part, the first 10 or 15 minutes of his speech was absolutely extraordinary tonight. It may seem like a lot of minutia, but it's absolutely critical that the American people understand what this man is up against. The absolute, there's so many legal analysts like John O'Connor, who was on our show earlier tonight, former federal prosecutor, saying, oh, he sure seems guilty to me. You need to hear the reality of what is going on. Just because it's in an indictment does not mean there's there's far more to it. I don't know what all John O'Connor's, what his experience has been with, just because he's a former federal prosecutor, his experience with this kind of documentation in this kind of case. But clearly, when you listen to President Trump lay out the truth about Bill Clinton and his records, just that one case alone, there's no way that you can't know that we have a former president of the United States being targeted. As Josh, I'll wrap with this. Josh Hawley said, when those in power can jail their political opponents, we're no longer a republic. Meanwhile, the Joe Biden corrupt bribery scheme is starting to get more attention and we're going to focus on that tomorrow night. Thanks for being here tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Come on, yeah. Come on. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.